Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. You guys good this morning? We're going to be asking that question over the next four weeks. What are you thankful for? We're going to be spending four weeks in a series called Mindset, and we're going to be spending some time looking at gratefulness and thankfulness in our own lives. How many of you guys are ready for that journey? Today, you have a very, very, very special treat. We have some of our apostolic leaders here who are more than just apostolic leaders. They're a mom and a dad to this house. We have been in relationship with Pastor Larry and Lavana Cockrum for many years, 20 plus, 25 plus years, um, and they have been an incredible asset and wisdom and counsel to this church, to our leadership team. They were with us this past few days as we were up in Donnelly, um, just sowing into our team and our leaders, and, and we believe that God has a beautiful work that he's, he's leading us into as a church family in this season that's ahead, and I am so excited that you get to hear from them this morning because they are truly a mom and a dad. They love the body of Christ. They have laid down their life. Many of you don't even know what they have sacrificed for this church and this church family, um, but it has been enormous. And the gift that they are, both to my wife and I and to our leadership team, is something that words I can't even express. Um, they are from Tennessee, so they have a little bit of a uh, southern drawl to their conversation, y'all. Um, but they are wonderful. We are so grateful to have them with us this morning. Would you stand to your feet and welcome them as they come to preach? Thank you. Good morning, Boise family. We were with so many of your leaders this weekend. It was wonderful. Not this weekend. I don't know where I am or what time it is, but I'm having a good time. <laughs> oh, we love you guys. Uh, we don't get to see you often, but we pray for you often because we believe in what God is doing. You know, the craziest time that we've ever imagined we would live in history is now. Great darkness, but great light. And to be able to serve Jesus now and be hope like we've never been able to be hope before because we've never needed hope like we need now. So I just want to encourage you, continue to just shine the light of Jesus, be crazy in love with Jesus. Uh, there's nothing like passionate, intimate love for Jesus to cause you to shine like a light and draw others to you. And it's contagious, especially when you're hurting. So I just want to encourage you, keep shining for Jesus. Uh, don't let anything that's scary or ugly or, you know, we can go on. Don't let any of that stuff pull you off course. This is the best time we could ever be alive. Jesus is coming. And he's giving us an opportunity to be Jesus, to be the light of the world. And it's wonderful. We love you. Hey, howdy, y'all. 
Oh, yeah. I'm Southern and proud of it. <laughs> oh, anybody ever been to the South? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm inviting you all to come on down. Uh, Dolly and I want to invite you anytime you can come and enjoy some Southern hospitality. I'm really thankful to be a part of this family, thankful for the opportunity to be here today, thankful for the relationship that God has given us with Pastor Tim and Emily and this great team of leaders. Aren't they a great team of leaders? By the way, that woman that stood up here a moment ago, she's my girlfriend, <laughs> and she'll always be my girlfriend, and I've known her for 60 years, and it took me seven years to get her to marry me, but uh, finally she said yes, and I'm thankful for her in my life, and I'm more in love today than ever before. I mean, she's the most wonderful girl in the world. I hope that you men are disagreeing with me and believing that your wife is the most wonderful girl in the world. But I'm thankful for this girl that God has given me. I tell her she's the most beautiful woman in Tennessee and parts of Georgia. <laughs> she's, she's the love of my life, and I'm crazy about her. Sometimes I'm just crazy, but I'm really crazy. <laughs> I'm really crazy about her and, and who she is in my life. What a gift God has given me. Those of you that have experienced her and her ministry, you know that uh, she's very prophetic. I don't have a chance to sin. I mean, God tells her everything. <laughs> I don't, I, there's nothing I can do. She, she, God and she knows all about it, so uh, I have to live holy because... Um, I have the fear of God and the fear of Levana. <laughs> Some of you men know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I thank God for her. Thank God for the relationship that I have with this great church. Thankful for the time that we had at the Leadership Summit that we enjoyed up on the mountain. And uh, just blessed to be here again today to be with you. Another thing that's a great blessing in my life is that we're joined together with River Valley Church in World Missions in fulfilling the Great Commission. And we've been involved in ministry in Nepal and Philippines. And uh, many of your leaders have been with us in the Philippines, enjoyed times together, ministry there. And I just want to share with you briefly a few pictures, and we'll uh, go through it really, really quickly. I'm going to share about just a little missions update about our, um, our, our benevolence ministry, our compassion ministries, and uh, about our outreaches and our church planting and our, and our uh, ministry training, Bible colleges. Okay, great. Uh, first of all, our, um, our, our benevolence ministry, our compassion ministries, and just go through them real quickly. I'm, I'm not going to delay with these. And uh, you recognize some faces here. This is in the Philippines, giving out clothing, food, and toys to children. This is our orphanage in Kenya. These are uh, food that we provided for them. We feed 72 children and 10 widows, uh, and thankful for that. We, we can move, move forward. 
We have outreach and ministries. This is in Nepal. I tell you, you've never experienced it until you've gone to a place where they've never heard the gospel before. And you tell people for the first time about the love of Jesus. This is a baptism service. And this hole we dug out in the ground out there. This is our apostolic leader who is discipling the people, preparing them for baptism. And uh, I have great honor and respect for him. This man has overseen the planting of 150 churches and then uh, 350 other churches have joined together in, uh, in this fellowship. Look at this. This is our team going up the river in the Philippines to a remote village that we get to go to to bring food and bring things to the children. Uh, this, whoever this is, is out there teaching the children and proclaiming the good news about, about Jesus to the children there. Um, we also do church planting. This is a new church plant in, um, in the Philippines. Some of your people are there joining together in this. New churches win new people to the Lord. This is bags of sand that the people of the village, one of these remote villages, they've collected sand to begin the construction. But even before we gave any money, they already began to bring together what they, what they had. They brought together logs from the forest and they, they dried them out in preparation for building a church building. They dug, dug and leveled the land there and uh, preparing to build a new church building. We'll go to the next one. And this is a new church building. Believe it or not, this is what it looks like when we finished with it. We built one for about $1,500. And they have a place to come in out of the rain. And then many times they will, they will build the surrounding parts of it. This person that's standing there with me is a great apostle. Her name is Puri Babon. I don't know if you believe women can preach or women can minister, but I believe that women can do anything that men can do because it's the same Holy Spirit. And the next slide is about Bible colleges. We train ministry leaders. This is our, one of our newest ones in Ivory Coast. And uh, these students are meeting at the university. They have their uniforms. They're, uh, they're there for uh, learning the Bible and ministry training. This is a new Bible college in Nepal and another new Bible college in Nepal. And the next slide is another new Bible college in Nepal. And, uh, this, is, uh, and this is our graduating class, our latest graduating class in Zimbabwe. Uh, I tell you, they're so proud to wear that cap and gown, get their diploma. For many of them, this is the first time they've ever gotten a diploma of any kind. And it's a great blessing to train these. We work with International School of Ministry video. This is our school in Kenya, our graduation there. And then the next one is our last graduating class in Nepal. And uh, so can we give God the praise for what we're doing? And we're partners. We're partners together in this great work of the Lord. Well, I have the opportunity to begin this teaching series. Pastor invited me to come and to share on this day. And uh, I'm thankful that whoever arranged for it to be on the day when you get to sleep an extra hour. And everybody's here on time and uh, everybody's awake. And so uh, I think that's just awesome. So I want to share with you a verse from, from uh, Philippians 4.8. But I want to talk about mindset for just a moment. Mindset is the established set of attitudes held by a person or group. This can be individuals or groups. It could be a church. It could be a city or a community. A mindset. It's commonly held beliefs 
and attitudes. Another way to describe mindset is what you set your mind on. It's how you set your mind for whatever circumstance happened, you already have your mind set. So I want to talk today about having a mindset toward thankfulness. And this verse you know in Philippians 4, 8, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts. I love that part of it. Fix your thoughts. Set your thoughts. Have a mindset on what is true honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. And this last part I want to focus on, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Do you have a mindset of thanksgiving in your life? Would the people who know you the best say that you're a thankful person? This is not a good time to look at your wife right now. Would your wife say that you are a thankful person? Would your husband say that you are a thankful person? Would your children say you're a thankful person? Would your neighbor say you're a thankful person? Would the people you work with, your coworkers, would they say that you have a thankful attitude? And how about your boss? Would your boss say that you have a thankful attitude? So... I want to talk about cultivating an attitude of thanksgiving or a mindset of thanksgiving. And I want to give you three few, few things. One is think of something you can be thankful for every day. Think of something you can be thankful for every day. And be thankful for every, in every person you interact with in your life that you'll show an attitude of thanksgiving. And this is the hardest part in every situation. Bad things happen to good people all the time. We've all experienced some bad things in our lives. And we've reacted in the wrong way. And we have the opportunity to react in the right way. So I believe God wants to bring an attitude adjustment, if I could use it that way, to set our attitude toward being thankful no matter what, no matter what is happening. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is, this is our scripture in 1 Thessalonians. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul wrote his first letter to the Thessalonian church from the city of Corinth. I was there this summer and experienced Corinth and Athens and Ephesus and Jerusalem. And it was an awesome experience to be able to go there. And the Bible is always different after you've been to these places. But uh, Paul went to the city of Thessalonica and preached the gospel there on his second missionary journey. Acts 17 records that as Paul preached the gospel in in Thessalonica for the first time in, um, in chapter 17, verse 4, it says some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas as did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. I mean, that's all you need as some Jews and some Greeks and some women. What a great beginning of a, what a great beginning of a church plant. 
But the new church, just a few weeks old, began to endure severe persecution and opposition, beginning with the Jews, and then those people brought together uh, people from the Greeks who opposed them and began to oppose them. Paul was actually forced out of the city. From there, he went on, he went on to uh, Athens and uh, Berea and Athens and then in Corinth. But there in Corinth, Paul was concerned about this new church in, Thess- in Thessalonica. He'd only had a few weeks with them before he was driven out of town. And I know that feeling from going to Nepal and planting a new church and then having to go back home and being worried, actually, over them and praying over them for God to provide the leadership they needed to be able to go go forward. And he sent Timothy to check on the church there in Thessalonica. And when Timothy came back, he said, Paul, you won't believe they're doing great. They're still believing. They're still trusting they're still, they're still focused on Jesus Christ. And so Paul wrote his, wrote his letter to the Thessalonians, the first letter to the Thessalonians. He wrote to them to bring more encouragement to them. Look in verse, verse 2 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. He said, We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. Listen to the tender love of this church planting father that had gone there and planted this new church in Thessalonica. Verse 7, incredible, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. And then Paul gave Three final words of encouragement to this church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, 18, 16 to 18. And this is where I want to focus today. Verse 16 says, rejoice always. 17 says, pray continually. 18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. These three things, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Wait a minute, Paul. Don't you remember how the people have suffered there? How they endured great persecution and beatings and opposition from the enemies? Don't you remember, Paul said? Oh, yes, but you need to remember to rejoice always and pray continually. And you need to give thanks in all circumstances. He knew what they were going through. Paul's message to them was actually the way we can overcome the difficulties in our life. By, we can overcome by rejoicing always and praying continually and always giving thanks in all circumstances. You know, that's good advice for us to, today. Rejoice always. He did say always. Always pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. By the way, Paul knew what he was talking about because Paul had been beaten so many times for the gospel. He said numberless times he had suffered beatings, three times with the whip of 39 lashes, three times with rods, and all of the other difficulties and persecutions that Paul experienced. 
I remember in Acts chapter 16 that Paul and Silas had done a good deed to get someone delivered from the oppression in her life. And because of that, the leaders of the city put them in jail. But before that, they beat them. In Acts chapter 16, verse 22 to 24, it says, The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. I can't imagine what Paul suffered there, Paul and his companion Silas, as they were beaten severely, it says. Sometimes as I've watched movies, and I go way back to one called Roots, and I can't stand it to see the, the injustice that people endured. But this is what Paul endured on a regular basis. And there he and Silas were beaten severely, it says. Many people actually died from the beatings. And then they were chained in a dungeon prison cell. I've been to his prison cell in Rome. I saw the dungeon there and the stones and the place where Paul was kept. And, and there, he was in, there he was in Philippi. He and Silas. You know, they could have chosen any reaction to that. They could have ranted and raved and murmured and complained and cussed. Some of you have. And I have too. It's natural to murmur, complain, rant, rave, cuss, talk about how bad it is, what happened here, why is this happening to me? I was doing something good for you, God. I was trying to serve you. I was trying to do my best. And now look at what happened to me. It's natural. It's normal to do that. But what did they do? Verse 25 says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Notice, and the other prisoners were listening. To them. I've just got to say that people all around us are listening to us. People all around us are listening and they're watching as we're going through the hard times in our lives. They see and they're listening. And it says, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The other prisoners were listening. And what happened? And suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I can't tell you if you begin praising in your difficult place that everything will shake, an earthquake will happen and everything will change. But I do promise you this, something will shake inside of you. Something will change inside of you if you will choose to give God praise in the darkest, deepest night of your life. If you will choose to praise, something happens. Something deepens. Something goes stronger in your life, in your relationship with Jesus when you choose to give thanks in the most difficult time in your life. Times of persecution, accusation, threats, mistreatment, 
whatever is inside of you will come out. When the world pokes a hole in you, whatever's inside will come out. And we have a choice by the grace of God to let praise and worship and thanksgiving come out of the wounded place in our heart, the broken place in our heart, the crushed place in our heart can yield the most fragrant worship to God. That the world looking on will know that it can't be human the way this is taking place. They'll have to know that Jesus is in your life. But I'll have to say that we don't always come to this place immediately. We don't always react that way instantly. It's not the first thing that comes to mind to praise. I'll have to say it's not the first thing that comes to mind when someone insults me. When someone says something bad about me, praising God is not the first thing that comes to my mind. But thank God I have another mindset that comes to me and I can begin to praise after a while. I've experienced some difficulties in my life. I've experienced when I, this job that I wanted so much and it, I left the interview with being turned down. Anybody ever been turned down? You left the interview and you'd been turned down. The feeling that that, that is. But I remember in that case, as I came down the stairs out of that interview, something came over me and I began to praise. I'm saying it doesn't always happen that way, but it did that day. And I just knew that I knew that God was going to give me that job anyway. I just knew that God was in charge and not that man that had interviewed me. And it took two months, but God gave me that job. Another job that I got was the job that I dreamed of, the job that I'd gone to school for 21 years for. It was at UNC Charlotte as a professor there at University of North Carolina at Charlotte. And I loved, I loved the job, but in my first year, the man that hired me was a wonderful man who loved me. The man that was hired, that man died, and another man took his place. And there arose a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph in that place. <laughs> And I didn't know all the problems that were in his life, but let's just say he had a different orientation of his life than, than, uh, than I did. And I didn't know it, and, but uh, one night I was there working late, and he began to ask me questions about my life, and I shared my testimony of Jesus with that department chairman. And from that moment on, he turned against me and fought against me and lied about, lied about me. And I was upset. <laughs> there were other words for it, but I was upset. And he, he, he worked his way and he moved things around until he finally got me fired from that job that I'd prepared for all my life. And I would love to say that I immediately began to pray and sing hymns of praise to God. But I didn't. I found some places in the Bible where David said, crush their heads and break out all their teeth. <laughs> Let their... Let their wives be childless and 
I was reading those verses in the Bible and enjoying them. The day after he got me fired, he's, he was out of work. He had severe headaches. I said, oh, yes. God's going to kill him. I know you can't believe somebody nice like me would think thoughts like that. But I did. It's the human condition that we respond that way when we've been hit, we've been hurt, we've been attacked. Something important has been taken away from us. And I did that day. And I, I wanted him to die. I was enjoying reading those verses about crush their head and break out all their teeth and let their wife be childless and all these things. But I went to my pastor, and my pastor said, Larry, you need to read some other places in the Bible. <laughs> and he led me to these verses that I'm sharing with you today. And I left his office mad. <laughs> That wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted soothing. I wanted pats on the back. I wanted him to agree with me and where I was reading in the Bible. But instead, he coached me into an attitude of thanksgiving in that difficult situation in my life. Those of you on the front row could get baptized anytime here. He coached me, he helped me, he prayed for me and helped my heart to begin to heal to the point that I began to pray for that man. Well, let me tell you some of that story, what happened after that. Another university called me and promoted me to be a department chairman. The next time I saw the man, we were at equal level. He was a department chairman, I was a department chairman. I saw God raised, raised me up, and I went over to him, and I said, Roger. I reached out and shook his hand and said, Roger, it's good to see you. I hope you're doing well. I knew that God had healed my heart. Oh, what a sweetness comes in your heart after the bitterness washes away. After What a peace comes after the anger has washed away in your life because of the presence of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in your life that comes when you choose to choose to focus on the goodness of God and to give Him praise no matter what's, no matter what's happening. I wish everything had turned out well for Roger, but Roger molested some kids at the university. Roger went to prison. I'm sorry to say, but God... I had compassion for him, and I prayed for him for a long time. I don't know what happened to Roger, but I know what happened to me is that I got, I got healed in my heart, and I'm not carrying the... I could still be carrying a bitterness. But God healed me and opened my heart to receive, receive from God. I, uh, I, I just... I've got to tell you another story. LaVon and I had small children in North Carolina... They began to teach witchcraft in the school where our children were in elementary school. They, uh, this is not new, uh, what's happening. They were teaching witchcraft. They were giving the children books on witchcraft and things like this. By the way, the, the uh, mascot of the school was demons. 
and uh, they would bring the kids into a gym and they would get the kids to say, yay, demons, we love you, demons, we love you, demons. We just couldn't do it anymore. And we didn't have an alternative, and so we began to homeschool our children. We had a visit from the school principal at our house. We had a visit from the truant officer. Do you know what that is? Those are the, the legal officers of the school that can have you arrested. We got calls from the school superintendent, Mr. Gray, and I, I talked to Mr. Gray, and I kept asking, Mr. Gray, let me bring my children to see you. I want you to meet my children. I want you to, let me bring their California achievement scores to, to show you the progress that our children have made since we've been teaching in the home. He said, oh no, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. What you're doing is illegal. I didn't realize it, but Mr. Gray had already begun prosecuting another young family in our same county, a couple that he had begun prosecuting, and Mr. Gray, Mr. Gray sent the sheriff to their house at 10 o'clock at night to arrest the parents and put the children into state custody. And then, and then we got word. There was a law school at the university where I was teaching. One of the law professors came to Levon and me and said, I've got, I've got word that's going around that you're next. They're going to arrest you and Levana, and they're going to put your children into foster care. They're going to accuse you. They're going to charge you criminally with child abuse by neglect. There are few people in this room that know the feeling that I'm talking about. They're going to charge you with child abuse by neglect. I had a friend in the, dip, uh, in the sheriff's office, and I called her, and I said, I want to ask you, if you ever see any charges coming against me, would you be able to tip me off and let me come, let me come and turn myself in and accept the criminal charges and, so that my children will not see me get arrested? And, uh, and so... Um, Lavana and the children were in hiding. They'd go to another county and hide out and uh, trying to avoid, avoid our children being taken into, into state custody. And, um, and then the call came. My friend in the deputy sheriff's office said, I've got criminal charges against you. They're charging you and your wife. You and your wife are being charged with child abuse by neglecting your children. And uh, I said, well, may I come and turn myself in? And she said, yes, come, come now. And I went, and I actually, I had to sign the criminal papers, and it was, she said, you'll have to appear in court on Monday. The part I want to tell you is that a miracle happened in me that day when I went to the sheriff's office. When I went in there, knowing that those criminal charges were facing me, the peace of God came over my soul. And I went into there with a supernatural peace that only God can give. And giving thanks to God because I knew God was going to work it all out. It was going to work it all out for our benefit. I signed the criminal charges and went to my office and went home. Levon and the children were hiding somewhere in another county. And... I called Mr. Gray, the school superintendent for the county, and I said, Mr. Gray, um, this, this is a 
big mistake having these criminal charges against Levon and me. And he said, oh, I know it now. And I said, uh, are you saying that you recognize it's a mistake to bring these criminal charges against us? He said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I know it, but it was your fault. It was, it, was, it was your fault. And I said, well, Mr. Gray, would you be willing to withdraw these charges that you've started against? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll withdraw them. I said, well, thank you, sir, and uh, hung, up, hung up the phone. So uh, then I called the deputy sheriff back, and I said, uh, I just talked to Mr. Gray, and I uh, wonder if you know what's happening. She said, oh, yes, I know what's happening. She said, uh, just a few minutes after you signed the criminal documents, Mr. Gray called my office. And said, has Dr. Cockrum come to pick up the criminal summons? And she said, oh, yes, he just, he just completed that. And he said, oh, no, this is horrible. This is horrible. He said, the governor's office has called and said, leave the Cockrum family alone. I didn't know the governor I didn't know anybody in the governor's office. Maybe it was an angel impersonator that called him. But God intervened for us. God intervened for us. And we, I'm so thankful that I didn't turn my heart of hate against Mr. Gray. Levon and I were in, this other couple, they were still going through the courts. The other couple in our county were still going through the courts. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court of North Carolina, this homeschool law. We were there on the day of oral arguments before the Supreme Court in Raleigh, North Carolina. And Levon and I, the, all the justices were there in front. And Levon and I and our two children were sitting there on the front row. And I saw those ju justices as they heard the arguments. They were listening to the lawyers, but they were, look they were looking at our children. And at the end of the day, the justices ruled that the homeschool law was unconstitutional. It was unconstitutional. And they had to make some, make some new laws to accommodate homeschooling. God intervened for us. I'm thankful I didn't hate Mr. Gray. I'm thankful I didn't, I didn't hate Mr. Gray, but I prayed for Mr. Gray, and I gave thanks to God. I'm so thankful I didn't hate him because two weeks after that, Mr. Gray slumped over on his desk and died at, at his desk. And I'm telling you that story to say, I, I would really hate it so bad if I carried that until his death, if I felt like that I had hated him until his death. But instead, I know that God put a sweet presence of the Holy Spirit in my heart through giving thanks, through giving thanks to him. Have you ever felt the sweet comfort of God? coming to you when you've been hurt have you ever felt that sweetness that supernaturally comes to you when you open your heart and begin to give praise to God instead of murmuring and complaining and accusing and hating and all of those things that's the normal natural thing to happen in our minds when we've been hurt but there's such a sweetness that comes when we praise. In 
Ephesians 5, Paul says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There are all kinds of things we can get drunk with. Things we can substitute for going into that place in the presence of God. For some, it's drugs. Some, it's alcohol. Some, it's pornography. Some, it's sexual sins. Some, it's other things. It's a place of comfort that we try to go to, to fill that empty place in our hearts. Instead, he says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I just got to tell you, that's my drug of choice. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart and give thanks to God for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Am I out of time? Okay. You heard him. Uh, You know the story of Corrie ten Boom? She was a Dutch woman. She and her sister, all her family actually, were put in concentration camps. All the other members of her family were killed in concentration camps. She and her sister Betsy were put into this barracks, horrible place, filled with fleas. They were biting them day and night. And she said her sister one day said, Corrie, I think we need to thank God for the fleas. Corey said, you're crazy. How can I thank God for the fleas? But they, Betsy said, come, let's kneel down, Corey, and let's pray and give thanks to God for the fleas. And so reluctantly, Corey joined in the prayer and gave thanks to God for the fleas. What they learned later was that the fleas were keeping the guards out of their barracks at night because they were going into all of the other women's barracks and violating those women in the other barracks. But, but because their barracks was full of fleas, they were, they were spared. You know, that thing that's happened in you, your life, God wants to turn it for good. God wants to turn your heart for good to give him, give him praise. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will continually speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's goodness. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He crowns my life with loving kindness, tender mercy, renews my youth like the eagle. The older I get, the more I like that verse. <laughs> Let all that I am praise the Lord. You know, that sweet psalm of David came, came out of being rejected persecuted, pursued by his enemies. But in those places are where some of those sweet psalms were written in his life. We have the opportunity to give praise to God, to give him thanks no matter what's happening in our lives. And I'm, I'm aware that all kinds of things are happening in the lives of people here today. Maybe you're in a good time. Maybe you're in a bad time. But I want to tell you. I believe it's a time to give thanks to God. 
it's a time to focus your attention on God and open your heart to receive the grace of God in your life and to be willing, even if you don't feel like it at first, to begin to give praise to God. That's the way I'd like to end the service today or this time that I have here. I'd like to have some music and I would like to invite us to open our hearts to receive this gift from God that he gives to us. The gift of the Holy Spirit and the gift of praise and worship and thanksgiving no matter what's going on in your life right now. I want to encourage us today to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit because really that's the only way you will be able to give the praise to God. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord is because the Holy Spirit is is filling you today. So this is the message that God gave me to bring here on this first Sunday of this series that you're moving into of this series of Thanksgiving. We know that Thanksgiving has all but disappeared out of our culture. We go from Halloween to Christmas, but uh, I believe God calls us to have Thanksgiving every day. And there's something to praise Him for every day, something to give Him thanks for every day. With something good, we can praise Him. Something bad, we can praise Him. Something mean somebody's done, done against you, you can praise God. And prevent that bitterness from coming into your heart that would come if we, if we hate that person. I'm so thankful my pastor counseled me and helped me to overcome that anger that I had toward Roger so that I was able to forgive Roger. But the greatest thing to me is what happened inside of me and the peace of God that I carry in my heart today. I want to ask you to stand for a moment as we are in the presence of God and whatever is happening in your life. And I want to ask you to begin to praise. I'll ask the pastor to come and lead us as we close today. But this is an opportunity to receive grace from God and to receive the Holy Spirit and to receive healing from God in your heart. Is there a place in your heart that needs to be healed? Is there a place where you've been wounded? Is there a place where you have been hurt? Is there a place where you've been persecuted? Is there a place in your life that you need to receive grace from God to forgive, grace from God to praise, grace from God to give thanks to God? Father, I want to give you thanks today for all that you've done in my life. I want to thank you, Father, for all you brought me through, and I want to thank you that you brought me through it. I want to thank you, Lord, that I've that I've been through the valley of the shadow of death in many ways, but you brought me through. I want to thank you, Lord, that you've given me grace in my life. I want to thank you for for the infilling of the Holy Spirit in my life that helps me to sing praises to God in difficult times in my life. I'm praying for everyone, everyone here. Be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can speak to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and Sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, give us grace to rejoice always. Pray continually and in everything give thanks to God.
think this is a key space for us. I'm just going to ask Larry to stay up here with me. Um, you know, this is what the Word of God talks about, that there's a renewing that takes place in our mind. And what Larry was talking to us about this morning is that natural place of our heart to respond out of anger, frustration, all of those. And we, we, we are all very well acquainted with that. But what God wants us to know is that there's this beautiful work through His Holy Spirit that He's doing in us. Not that He wants to do, that He's doing in us to renew the way that we think so that we can approach those circumstances very differently. And I just can't help but think with the things that you're facing, that we're facing in our culture and in your life and in my life, that the Lord's inviting us. And this is the thing I love about the Lord's work in our life. He always invites us to something. He never forces us in something. And I just sense the response of the, the Holy Spirit to us today of an invitation to you and me to just say, God, I, I need some different ways of thinking. But I need your word to come in because the, the scripture that was poured over us today is the Word of God. It's active and alive. It's changing us. We're not reading it. It's reading us. It's changing us. And what I want to invite you to this morning, we're going to go back into just a moment of prayer, and I want you to just do some business with the Lord and say, Lord, I need a new way of thinking about this, this space of my life. Whatever it is for you, you know what it is. The Lord's very faithful to show us. Lord, I need a new way of thinking about this, and I'm asking you to come by your word and renew my mind into places, Lord, that I see you and my circumstances differently. And we know that that the vehicle to there is worship. It's thanksgiving. It's a grateful heart. The vehicle that gets us from where we are in our natural to enter into the supernatural of what God wants to do and is doing in our lives is the place of thanksgiving and praise and gratitude. And so I want to just do a few moments of business with the Lord. We, we've got the whole afternoon. I just want to take just a few moments here and just invite the Lord to come and do that work in our minds and, and to engage our hearts into the place of gratitude and thanksgiving. So I'm going to pray over us one more time. And I'm going to invite you to do some business with the Lord in this moment right here. I'm going to pray, but I want you to be talking to Him, okay? And invite Him into this place. So Father, right now, we, Lord, we just come as a church family. Lord, we come as your kids before you, God. And Lord, we recognize that our, the warfare is in our minds, God. Lord, our hearts long to follow after you, but our minds get messed up always, Lord. And Lord, what we do is we just come before you today, and Lord, we ask for a renewing of your spirit in our minds, God. Lord, that we would think differently in Jesus' name. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, even as we rest in this moment, God, I speak it over this congregation. I speak it over each individual and family, God, that you would renew a right mind in us, God. A right way of thinking, Lord, according to your word and your promises. Lord, that we would not be entangled in the thoughts of this world or our natural desires. But, God, that you would come by your Spirit and do the supernatural work that only you can do, God. Lord, give us right ways of thinking. And Lord, may we order our minds according to your word, which brings us into places of gratefulness and thanksgiving and praise to you, God. And God, we just recognize we can't do this on our own. Lord, we need your Holy Spirit to do this work in us. And so, Lord, we just invite you, God. I just, Lord, pray now over every heart and life, God, a renewing of our mind in you, Jesus. Lord, that even as we step into relationships and conversations this week, Lord, that we're going to notice something different about our approach in that moment, God. Lord, because you've come and done a supernatural work in us today. And God, may, not, may we not be satisfied with that, Lord, but Lord, may we lean into the greater work, Lord, that you want to do in us. And Lord, may we encourage one another 
in life and good deeds. Lord, may we pray for one another, Lord, when we're struggling. Lord, may we be inspired by the faith and the hope and the grace and the gratefulness that we see in those that are around us, God. Lord, that we would be a people of gratitude and thankfulness to you. God, you're doing a work in us and you're just beginning. God, may our hearts and minds be transformed in what you're doing. And God, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the work that you're doing in us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. come on, amen. Can we give Pastor Larry a hand? Just thank you for the work. Thank you. You know, we've been gifted as a church with some wonderful people around us. And Pastor Larry and Levon are the very best of the best. And I'm just grateful for their investment in us as a church family. If you're new here today, welcome to River Valley. We're so glad you're here with us. And we'd love to hang out with you. You actually came on the right day because we do a little lunch um, here for a few minutes where we just want to get to know you a little bit. Um, and you can come and join us that even if you haven't registered or a part of that. We're going to gather right behind the platform here in just a few minutes and just do some lunch together. Pastor Zach will be back there. We have a team of folks that would just love to hang out and spend a, a little bit of time with you and get to know you a little bit. You can get to know River Valley a bit. And it's a free lunch. Come on, who doesn't like a free lunch, right? So we want to invite you into that place. We also have some amazing things coming up this week. Um, I know many of you have come and volunteered at the BSU Games for our students. I just want you to know, the very last game that we did together, listen to this church, one game, one football game, over $3,000 raised for our students. Come on now. And we just need your help. So we're inviting you to come this Saturday. We need a few folks to come and help out at the game. We run a concession stand, so we'd love to have you come be a part of that. And then one final thing that's going to be super fun. Do we have it up there? We are gathering as a church the, the, the Sunday before Thanksgiving on the 19th. And we're doing a Thanksgiving dinner right here in the auditorium together. Come on now. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of who you're going to invite that day. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be crazy. People are going to come and be like, wait, you're going to eat? Thanksgiving dinner for church? The answer is yes, we are. Amen. And we're going to have a blast together. We're going to worship together that day, have a great time in the Word. But then we're going to have fellowship and just enjoy a meal together. We need you to sign up for a few things. We're providing the turkey and all that kind of stuff. We just need you to bring a couple sides that day so everybody can enjoy our time. So that's going to be November 19th. We're going to have a blast together as a church, just being thankful for all the things that God's done. Amen. Amen. As you leave today, would you just find somebody around you? And just give them a big hug. We started our day with that. I want to finish our day. Now, it can't be your spouse, cheaters. Cheaters. Find somebody you don't know, maybe. Give them a big hug. God bless you guys. Have an awesome week. Again, if you want to come join us for lunch, we'll be right around the back here enjoying some time together. God bless you. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.